Hello, another week, another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribing to this podcast. So this week's exciting guest is Hannah Witten. She is a popular YouTuber and her channel currently has over 200,000 subscribers and she posts weekly videos. She likes to spread positive messages about sex, relationships, body image, gender and sexuality. And I really like her videos for that reason. She talks about serious topics but she doesn't take herself too seriously and I think that's a brilliant thing. She has worked with the likes of MTV and Durex. In 2013 she was shortlisted for the Young Person of the Year at the Sexual Health Awards and her short film on the history of homosexuality was a finalist in the Guardian and Oxford University Press's very short film competition. In 2014 she was shortlisted for the Best Vlog at the Cosmopolitan Blog Awards and Hannah was also the first ever YouTuber to present Radio 1's hour-long slot, The Internet Takeover. So, um, yeah, I talked to Hannah about lots of things. We talk about relationships, contraception, her career as a YouTuber and what that means and how that's evolved. And, yeah, we had a really great chat in her flat in London. And I really hope you enjoy this episode because I had so much fun recording it. So, here it is. So I'm here with Hannah Witten. Hello. In Hannah's house, which is really nice. It's a really hot day and I'm wearing black tights, which Emma was an error. arrived in tights <laughs> and a coat. <laughs> I'm like, what, what is wrong with me? I have issues. Um, I just don't know how to dress myself. It's no, great. No um, idea. So really excited to have you on. Excited Obviously, to be the podcast themes are around um, people who have kind of started their thing, whatever that might be, on social media and now turned into an empire yeah Ooh, <laughs> so, yeah empire. the hannah witten empire so um <laughs> i wondered if we could start with like i know this is an annoying question on panels where they're like when did you start youtube and it's like <laughs> that's so boring but when did you start youtube <laughs> just to like set the scene for Context. people who might not know yeah um i started um over five years ago when i was 19 and i started like out of sheer boredom um, because I was living in France at the time and I was au pairing and I had all of this free time in the evenings after I put the kids to bed because I lived in the middle of nowhere um, and so like it was too late for me to get a train into Paris and so I was just like nothing to do and just got into watching YouTube videos and became obsessed oh. with vloggers so did you have any particular inspirations where you were like oh I'll do what you're doing the vlog brothers so right. hank and john green oh, like right. i watched charlie is so cool like charlie mcdonald and from him i found like elma fi wheezy waiter and the vlog brothers and then it was when i found the vlog brothers and like the nerd fighter community i was like i want to be in this community because some people just watch yeah it takes i think a certain type of person to have that on screen confidence did yeah. you where did, like, did that come like have you always been quite outgoing in that way I've always been really outgoing which is a bit of an anomaly for youtubers because like the general rule is that if you're famous on the internet you're actually really shy and introverted in real life and yeah. I'm just like no hi I'm really yeah. introverted no it's true and um I don't know like my first videos I have no like camera skills like like talking in front of a camera and like it's the most awkward thing I think people find it really daunting to start because you're gonna have to be a bit shitty for a while yeah, and that's what I tell people all the time who ask, like, oh, I'm scared of being bad. I'm like, you're going to have to be bad. 
So did you um, find your niche quite early on or is that a recent thing? Because, so I, when I think of you and your YouTube channel mm-hmm. and everything that you do, you definitely have like um, a vibe and there's the topics that you talk about and you have your own brand and you have your own yeah. voice. Is it sort of sex ed meets mm-hmm. feminism meets body image? And it's, it's awesome because there's not a huge amount out there doing yeah. that. It's been a gradual thing, but there was a definite shift about maybe like nine months into making videos. I actually started making cooking videos. Really? Like I was teaching oh myself my how to cook. And yeah, for months I was just making cooking videos or random little travel vlogs and little comedy things. And then um, I was already like really interested in sex ed before I started making YouTube videos. And then I started watching Lacey Green Mm. and I had like gained a bit of an audience, like a very small, modest audience, but I could see that they were like young girls. And I kind of just had this overwhelming, like, Mm. I need to help, I want to give back. Yeah. And I have this platform, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you tapped into an audience that you thought was most up your street. Do you find it scary sometimes to bring up conversation starters that might go, like, either way? Like, are you very in tune with your comments? Um, Yeah, I can usually predict what kind of comments I'm going to get. And to be honest, I... (laughs) The way that I describe it is I like to troll my audience. <laughs> like, I just mess with them. Can I swear on this yeah, podcast? Yeah, okay, I like to fuck with them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I, like, for example, I made a video that was about not judging people on their number of sexual partners, whether it's a really high number or a really low number. Like, that's kind of doesn't really necessarily, like, have any indication on whether Mm. or not you should fancy them or not or if they're like a slut or a prude and like all of these things like yeah you know yeah you get it yeah and also how would you ever know because i would never down the car be like you know 18 is my number or whatever no but maybe with a a partner (laughs) oh right got it with partners you might ask like oh how many people right okay yeah you'd want to get a sense maybe um but ultimately like the video is about it's fine to have those conversations, but they just have to come out of a place of curiosity mm. and like no what judgment. A, and no judgment exactly. And <laughs> I basically the title of that video is how many people have I slept with, <laughs> and then I give this yeah. whole spiel and I never give my own number because that's like the whole point. Yeah. And so many people in the comments are just like, wait, she didn't say her number. <laughs> What's her number though? <laughs> That is quite funny though, when you get drawn in from a YouTube title of a video. Yeah. Like, where do you think the line is with like kind of sucking people in? I think the line is if the title and the thumbnail have got nothing to do with the content of the video. Like, whereas how many people have I slept with is the topic is being talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've just manipulated the title because it's a business and I, you know, that's the way YouTube works. There are so many videos out there that you kind of have to what uh, people in the biz would say optimise your content oh yeah hashtag (laughs) optimise that's so yeah no totally and it is like it is what you're talking about Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very clever but I wondered as well because you overshare in your well I hate the term overshare I'm starting to not like the term you share but I mean I, I overshare but I also don't feel like that gives anyone the I, I I don't think it gives them the right to like catch me off guard and be like you know open up straight away I don't know do you do you have that like you can be very kind of 
this is all about my periods on YouTube. Yeah. But then in real life... To be honest, I have no boundaries with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, but online I also have boundaries. So right. I will talk conceptually about some things and some things I'll talk about from experience if I'm comfortable and if they're like way in the past. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I actually have... Because um, I like drawing on experiences to like inform a discussion and to like, you know, give my perspective mm-hmm. on things. And so... But sometimes what I actually have done is I've said things like, oh, I dated someone once and this happened because it's relevant to the, the topic we're discussing. Yeah. But actually, I'm using the past tense when actually, like, I'm currently dating them. Right. And so I use yeah, things like that. Yeah, to distance Yeah, and bit. now that I've said that, everyone's going to be like, anytime. She's like, wait, who is she dating? <laughs> you'll be like, well, you'll never know. Exactly. But no, that's really interesting because um, I'm the same. Like, I don't really want it all out there Mm -hmm. when I'm currently like muddling through it myself yeah I think it's like feeling your way like I wrote a blog post a couple months ago about like would I ever have a public relationship Mm -hmm. and it's me just being like I'm so scared no because it was right after I'd uploaded a video with my ex Mm -hmm. and he's also a youtuber and um it was the first time I'd ever like publicly introduced my audience to someone that I like have dated Mm. but the thing is is that me and him are like such good friends and we dated about four years ago and so I think it's an entirely different thing introducing your audience to someone who you're like currently dating yeah because um I feel like the subject matter that you can get onto is like based on past experiences I know that I want to talk about feminism and I want to talk about body image and Mm -hmm. I want to talk about all these things because I'm wanting to help the person who might have felt how I felt when Mm -hmm. I was a teenager for example so wanting to educate young people about sex must come from somewhere so I had like a fairly okay sex ed growing up like my parents like at home it was all kind of open and we talked about puberty and sex and stuff like that and then in school we kind of got just the once over when we were like 14 of like did they wheel out that like TV on a stand. Oh my god, we had, when we were in year eight in science class, we watched a video of a woman giving birth. Did you see that video? I think I saw that. I think I repressed seeing that because, <laughs> like, I remember it. I'm, it's like blurry. Oh, I think no. I must have just like yeah. It was it just out. a biology class on reproduction, and then we had to watch that, and it was just horrific. I have a memory of like in primary school a video on puberty, and so it went through like changes and then there was this voice and it was just this is the penis <laughs> and that's stuck in my brain forever yeah. but um yeah when we were 14 we did like putting condoms on test tubes the nurse came test tubes like yeah then. i know <laughs> you just didn't have bananas or anything <laughs> what? how does that work they're like tiny it still works yeah. which one is like i <laughs> no one in my group wanted to touch the condoms they were so grossed out yeah and so, to be fair you like no thanks and so I did it and so that was clearly like the beginning just me being like fine guys I'll do it I'll do it I'll talk about something you don't want to talk about (laughs) but then I rolled it on and it just started rolling back (laughs) up the test tube and the nurse came over and was like you've put it on the wrong way around (laughs) so I learned my lesson early you know better to do it the wrong way on yeah. a test tube than on a penis. Exactly. You remember what you do, not what you see, or whatever the phrase yeah. is. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. So, so I guess you just kind of felt like, oh, I've really got an interest in this. It wasn't until I was in sixth form 
because I went to a different sixth form that was a Catholic college and in our like RE class we were doing a class on relationships it was just like healthy relationships and stuff and I kind of put my hand up and I was just like are you going to teach us about contraception and my teacher was just like no and I was like why not and then she's like it's because it's against the Catholic church and we can't oh we can't teach anything that's against it so I was like wait so no contraception no abortion she's like no and I like had this like argument with her and I was like we're all 16 17 we're all having sex like are you not going to teach us how to do it safely and she was just like I can't like I that think- is literally <laughs> what you do now on YouTube <laughs> being like that was- we need to talk about this <laughs> Yeah, so when I was 17, just yeah. hanging out with my RE teacher. And then my sister, who's two years younger than me, um, she went to the same college. And when she was doing her, like, induction day or whatever it is, met this teacher. She saw her, my sister's name and was just like, oh, Witten, you Hannah Witten's sister. Like, my sister comes home being like, Hannah, what did you do? <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny when, yeah, when the sibling gets, like, hated on. Because my sister... <laughs> That's the only problem my sister's ever had with me because I was always such a goody-goody. So, obviously, we haven't, haven't even said this yet. You have a book coming out. Yeah. About sex ed. Ah! <laughs> um, it's called... Doing It. Doing It. And, which is a really great um, title of the book. that was well, my idea. Yeah. I really yeah. like that. So, I find it really fascinating when, the, when like, an online presence can translate into... Mm. Um, mainstream media I guess mm-hmm. was it always something you want to do or was it like I've, you know it, there's certain things that I think would be best in a book might reach a new audience or the mm-hmm. same audience what's the kind of yeah to be honest I'm not gonna lie I'm not like in my even in the video I did announcing the book I wasn't like being an author has been a dream since I was two like no I've never thought in like me who's yeah, just exactly. like literally my one dream <laughs> check <laughs> and like I don't know it was like I don't know, it never even crossed my mind that I would ever write a book until I went to uni, where I was just, I, especially, I did history and I specialised in the sexual history. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I really want to write a book one day about, like, the history of sex, but, mm. like, a kind of popular history book kind of thing. But that involves, like, so much research. I still want to do that, but that's kind of more like a ten years down the line yeah. thing. Um, and so I think the book was more of a like reaching different people because in my head I want anyone to like find this book useful and enjoyable like regardless of if they know who the hell I am yeah and what age group is it for 14 plus so it's like teenagers and young adults yeah and it's yeah. gonna. I'm guessing it's gonna have like your voice in all its glory. Yeah, it. it's like, got like loads kind of... of anecdotes and personal stories in it as well. Like writing this book, I'm like, I've never been this personal on my YouTube channel before. Like yeah. all of the, like having made videos about virginity and masturbation, and then comments being like, but "What about like how did you lose your virginity and how do you masturbate?" And I'm like, rude. Like I'm not answering <laughs> questions, but. <laughs> They're getting answered in the book yeah. now. So well, that's like, really nice. Yeah. That's really cool. It's almost like you're giving something um, kind of exclusive. Yeah, it feels like it's different. Like it's new information mm. that people wouldn't know, and it like feels that, quite cathartic. Yeah, I quite like it. I was gonna say, do you do you feel like it's? I felt like I can overshare more when I'm writing because. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like say for example you've read my book so you know all these embarrassing things yeah. but because I wrote it and just kind of like put it to one side yeah. I don't know there's something about books where you can be I think totally honest yeah no I like that I'm definitely I don't know if there's like a wall thing or maybe because I think 
the stories within the context of the whole book make sense mm-hmm. and feel appropriate. Yeah. So it's not like yeah. just sharing for the sake of it. Yeah, it's like exactly. it's got a reason. Yeah. I, I find the industry just fascinating. I'm like, yeah. there's so many people doing so many different things and there's room for everyone and everyone's doing like cool stuff that's totally up their street, but it's like yeah. I feel like YouTube is, is, is reaching this level of people have doing been doing it for years and years and years that it's almost like what's next? I know, and no one knows because it's so new. Yeah. It's like, okay, a lot of YouTubers have made books. So, like, me writing a book now, I'm like, yes, this is a natural career progression. Like, if you like, if you can visualise being a YouTuber on a career ladder at all and the, the different stages that there are. But then, like, after that, what is it? A live show? If I do, like, a book tour, maybe that's the next thing. And then after that, like, yeah. I don't know going yeah. to 10 Downing Street and writing the sex education curriculum thing. That's what I'm going to do. So if you're listening, guys. <laughs> 10 Downing Street, call me. Yeah, I know that you tune in. <laughs> it's fascinating that there's, like, so much that can be done because, obviously, there's a lot of money in, like, conventions mm-hmm. and um, meetups. Like, do you enjoy it? What's it like? I love them. I've no idea when this podcast is going up, but not this weekend. Next weekend is Summer in the City, yeah. which is the big London YouTube convention thing Mm -hmm. and I genuinely love them like you're on your feet and not sleeping and also partying a lot and having to be like switched on all day for like three days straight it's one of those things where like whilst you're in it you're just running on so much adrenaline that you don't feel it until it's all over and you're like and I'm dying the expo hall has like loads of stuff in it and loads of things to do like last year Sitsi had like uh dodgems which I really hope I get to go on again because mm. it's so much fun. I love dodgems. But as someone who's like a guest of these events, my schedule is like a bunch of panels, meet and greet, uh, main stage thing, and um, I have like, I'm selling merch as well. Mm. So I'll like be. Oh, what's your merch? I've got a Do I Look Like a Slut poster. Mm. Plug in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, can buy my merch. And um, a Drunk Advice tote bag and uh, I'm entitled to all of this space t-shirt. And then I've got some new merch that I'm selling at Sitsi, which is um, another t-shirt that has like a design that says in, in the spirit on it, because in Drunk Advice, if you don't drink, be in the spirit of drunk. Yeah. And so I wanted just to have a t-shirt that said in the spirit, just kind of like this message of like, guys, I'm here, I'm, I'm living in the moment, I'm like, I'm present. And then a poster that's got like the rules of Drunk Advice on it and a Bang Book Club bookmark. That's really cool because it's um, like regular videos that you do mm. have literally turned into something that people just love tuning in. It's like yeah. how you would tune into a TV show, isn't it? Yeah, the Drunk Advice. I love, I'm actually filming an episode tonight. Um, I love that getting drunk is like part of my job. I know, <laughs> that's so funny. I love how you're like gonna wake up the hangover tomorrow and be like, well, it was work. Yeah, exactly. Take the morning off. Um, but um, I recently had like this amazing interaction on Twitter with Comedy Central UK. Cause you know how they have um, drunk history? Oh yeah. And I think someone just tweeted me being like, oh my God, how like, would love to see a Drunk Advice TV show. Like, why isn't Drunk Advice a TV show yet? And I just replied being like, oh, hey, at Comedy Central UK, you've got Drunk History, how about Drunk Advice? Wink, 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 just like, stupid. And then Comedy, the whoever runs the Comedy Central UK Twitter account, like, liked it and then replied being like, this is a terrible but brilliant idea, we love it. (laughs) 
And oh I was just God, like, I was like, what is happening? Does the person who controls the Twitter have any control over programming? Yeah. It's like, is it the work experience or is it literally <laughs> the person running the show? You is never it know. The CEO that's <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> oh my God, imagine that. So, how do you come up with these ideas? Like, are you going to kind of keep doing that until there's no end really I mean there is no end to drunk advice because people always need help <laughs> always <laughs> everyone always needs some good advice some good drunk advice um, do you think the advice is I mean I've watched a, um, a few of them and it's hilarious but like on the whole across the mm-hmm. board are, is the advice good or would you is there a caveat that's like this is terrible advice I think on the whole the advice is good because be the ones I've seen have actually yeah. just been brutally honest and really good yeah I think on the whole they're really good even though we do say don't take our advice, but that's more just like covering our bags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like in the last episode, we're just yelling down the camera and just being like, don't do long distance relationship. Don't do it. Whereas like, if you got me sober, in an, if I did an official video all about like long distance relationships, I'd be like, well, it can work if you've got trust and communication. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, but in drunk advice, it's like, no, <laughs> don't even bother <laughs> All the sensible bits are just out of the yeah, window. That's the kind of thing you just like get yeah. down to it. You're like, you just need a yes or a no answer. No, that's excellent. How do you get the um, the questions on Twitter? Right. So like before we start filming, um, we'll just like tweet out. I'll be like filming a drunk advice with this person today. Like tweet us what you need help with. Amazing. And like there's always questions because because people like know the show now. Mm-hmm. Everyone and everyone wants like their question to be answered. Yeah. And like some people tweet really serious things that's the thing about drunk advice is like sometimes it can get really heavy or it can be like a really stupid tweet like someone was just like I'm drunk and hungry and I want tacos how do I get tacos like that kind of thing or how do I come out to my homophobic parents right and so and you you always have a guest don't you yeah imagine if it was me on my own just getting drunk on my own oh my god yeah (laughs) just you like surrounded with empty vodka bottles yeah like honey are you okay exactly (laughs) do you need some advice (laughs) rule number two of drunk advice is have a friend with you yeah oh i love it well check out drunk advice if you're listening it's a hoot yeah um but yeah because you've got a lot of friends who are youtubers Mm -hmm. do you um did you meet a lot of people through that community like is that kind of your main would you say like friendship group people being on youtube i would say in london yeah like my main my main friendship circle Mm-hmm. It's YouTube um, people, and they're either people that I directly met online or just over the years of doing stuff I've met at events or like mutual friend parties and stuff. Um, I do have other friends, <laughs> I do have non YouTube friends, but yeah, in terms of it's like, a natural thing, isn't yeah. it? To kind of, I have so many friends who do a similar thing to me, and it's amazing to ask advice and like they get yeah. it, but then mm-hmm. at the same time, the opposite can be helpful I when it's like I love just having don't want to talk about friends. it. Yeah. I yeah. love having friends that I can just call up and not have to talk about YouTube. Um, but the the kind of like non YouTube mates are more. It's more sporadic. It's more like one on one friendships or like. Couple, few of my old university friends live in London as well so I have them which is really great mm. um, on the whole yeah. do you find like people outside of that world get what you do I think they do now at first they were like what the hell <laughs> yeah. what are you doing Helen? Um but now even if they still don't get it they, they're like I'm not sure what you're doing but it looks like it's cool and it's 
you're you're doing really well. Congrats! Like, yeah, that's what I get. Yeah. Like, I've got no idea, but good for you. Yeah, like, basically. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you think it's going to be like not that unconventional in it? Because even now in 2016, it is slightly it is slightly an unconventional way of making money. Yeah, but I I wonder if in a few years, maybe five, it's totally normal. Like, of course you're going to make money off YouTube. I think one of the things to me that is a signifier that it's becoming more normal is that like I remember when I was a kid in school everyone's like I want to be a famous actress I want to be a famous singer that like that kind of thing mm-hmm. and then now you've got young people being like yeah. I want to be a YouTuber because they can see people doing that as a job mm-hmm. and so like why can't it be like any other aspirational career yeah like people all like graft and work really hard to become actors why can't you like graft and work really hard mm. to, to become a YouTuber? Hundred percent. What would your um, to round off? What would your advice be to someone who wants to do something like you? Not not maybe exactly the same, but like this kind of riding solo, yeah. doing your own thing, <laughs> fingers and lots of pies. Like what what's the kind of the advice? Like the challenges that you've had that you'd want to pass on? I think um, the thing I always say is like make make things and talk about things that you're passionate about because that's always going to come across like I'll watch videos about things that I don't particularly care about but like if the person in the video I can clearly see that they're interested in it and they're like engaged in it like it makes an engaging video Mm -hmm. and like it makes me care about the thing that they care about and even if you think that whatever it is you care about that you want to make videos about you're like it's too niche like no one is going to watch my videos there are going to be other people out there that are searching and dying for that content. And I'm sure you have to be interested to keep it going because making videos mm-hmm. for like, you've done it for like five, five years. Five years. Yeah. That's a long time to be doing the same thing. Like, yeah. not, not, and it, it doesn't obviously feel, evolved. It doesn't feel like that. Like, it doesn't feel boring. I always kind of like have an idea of all the videos that are coming out in the next month or two. And then things will get like shifted around mm-hmm. if like a sponsored video comes up or... Um, filming with a guest or like that kind of thing yeah and in terms of like ideas it's always just like on the fly like just from conversations with friends or like books I read or shows I watch or films mm-hmm. I watch or YouTube videos that I watch and I'm like oh that's inspired this I want to talk about this or yeah, I want to make yeah. this kind of thing I'm like that I always yeah. have to like look around um at what other people are doing in the sense of like what's the thing that people are interested in at the moment yeah and then like what can I bring to that if yeah. I think like if I don't feel excited by a topic and just because everyone else is talking about it like don't talk about it mm-hmm. that's kind of how I yeah think yeah. about it yeah I actually have a new series that I'm starting Great. soon on my channel which is called The Hormone Diaries Ooh. I think it will be just started when this comes out brilliant and on your channel yeah, yeah. so basically um, a couple of weeks ago I came off the pill and I'd been on the pill for seven years and I hadn't had a period in seven years and so this is me basically like God. documenting coming off hormones and like if I notice any changes in my body and also like documenting the return of my period. Yeah, it's going to be like the most personal I've ever gotten on my channel in terms of like bodily functions. Like if I notice a change in my libido I'll talk about it. Yeah. I love stuff like that when it's like, it's kind of like a social experiment in a way. But yeah. like on yourself. Although, right now, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have bled 
become right now I'm just like I've been off the pill for two weeks where is my damn period yeah. and like you went to the doctors yeah they were like and they were like normal. it's fine yeah on the pill that I was on it was yeah. a very like common side effect right and so now I'm just like sat here waiting just like mm. contraception I feel is not covered enough especially I, like hormonal stuff and like no, what yeah, it does to your it whole does body because I was on the pill and then it, it just it changed me like it yeah. changed my personality and I was like I don't like it like I want to yeah. be myself and like, this is not me exactly and I was 17 when I went on the pill and I've changed probably so much since then that I don't know like mm. I could, I'm like is this who I really am you know yeah well that's really cool that you're going to document it because you can yeah. then see changes and it can change who you're attracted to as well <gasps> oh my god I know what like gender <laughs> maybe no but more kind of like you'll be into like redheads now i read um that it's kind of like if you're off the pill no what it is is that like you're on the pill and you it makes your body think you're pregnant and so the type of person you're going to go for is someone who is going to be able to look after you and your family like look after the baby because you your body's like i'm pregnant i need someone to support me and so you go for that kind of person and then you come off the pill when you actually for real want to get pregnant and then suddenly find yourself not attracted to your partner anymore right you're like wait and so I read this in uh, Naomi Wolf's book Vagina and I was just like whoa okay coming off the pill Mm. need to to figure out who I'm really attracted to that's going to be very interesting I can't wait I'm excited yes brilliant idea Thanks. I thought so too. <laughs> I mean, I I do have a cycle, but I know yeah. now, like, okay, being, I'm being a bit, I'm being a bit insane. Like, you're not really angry at the world. You're just like gonna get your period. But then, oh, I, yeah. and so, so I've had to rationalise like my moods. Yeah. But that must be so. If it's a little bit more everywhere, or there's nothing, that must be yeah totally different. Like my moods. Like if I'm feeling a bit down one day, I it's just because I'm feeling down that day. Like mm. it's not because my period's about to come. I wonder how much we like to blame our periods as well. I know. I'm like, oh yeah, my period. Yeah, I got a spot, period. I'm being <laughs> an absolute psycho, period. <laughs> Whereas when you don't have one, yeah. I'm yeah. just like, I have no excuse for being a bitch right now. So what day so does that start? Tuesday the 9th of August is when the first episode is going up. It'll be like as and as when. you've got an update. Yeah. yeah. So I filmed a video with my mum actually for the series wow. talking about um, her contraception stories really? and stuff. Amazing. My mum has So you're going to get guests on, maybe? Um, yeah. Because I want to talk about their experiences on the pill and things like that and whatever. Yeah. Oh use. my god! Thank you, Hannah. Yeah, that You're is welcome. That I is needed. Yeah, and I had I've got a friend who um, like has vaginismus, and she What's that? sounds like Christmas. <laughs> it is not Christmas. It's it's. I see. I don't know fully, but basically, um, sex is like super painful, and oh, you're like yeah. super. Cla- it means your vagina like clamps. I've heard of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it can be really painful. Yeah, yeah. And so I just want to get people on the show and just Mm. be like, hey, let's talk about vaginas and hormones and periods. And then also like... um, And normalise things. Yeah, and also have like some of my trans friends on the show as well to be like, hey, what's it like being on testosterone? Or what's it like being Mm. on oestrogen? Like for an entirely different reason. Yeah. You know, and what what are those changes? So you're talking about hormones in lots of different contexts. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yes, well done. Thanks. Cool. I'm excited. It will be out by the time this is out, Mm -hmm. so. First episode. Yes. Oh, well, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. That was really awesome. And I can't wait to learn more about hormones as well. Me too. For real. (laughs) Yay, you did it. Yay. 
If you like this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me at girllostincity on Twitter. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week. Bye.